Hey there, I'm Donnie Spano, and this is the Faith for Today broadcast. I welcome you. Today we're talking about the power in our words. We've been talking about this, what we've entitled, If You Say. There are certain things in our lives today that it's up to what you and I say. Whether we believe that in our heart, whether we have a word from God about that, this is what's wonderful about wisdom is that you and I can hear from God. We can know inside of us. We, men's lives have been spent for this Bible, yours as well. Men have died for this, that we can have it right here in the palm of our hand on our electrical devices. So we have His words ever before us. And when we have His word, we have something that we can believe in our heart and say, speak with our mouth. And if we will do that, it will make all the difference in the world. It's how we obtain salvation in receiving eternal, uh, yes sir, salvation in, in enabling us to be with Jesus and with God the Father throughout our days. It also is what taps into the other aspects of salvation. It's what enables us to receive God's very healing, God's very deliverance, God's very provision in every single good way. Salvation is a very big package, and yet God has ordained that we receive it through believing in our heart and saying with our mouth. Go with me now, if you don't mind, to Romans 10 and to Mark 11. Romans 10, we'll find what we just mentioned. I want you to see it for yourself again. And Romans 10 verse 8 and it says in Romans 10 8 we'll go through I believe to uh, thank you Lord we'll go to the 12th verse possibly what says it the 8th verse says the word is near you what word God's word it's near you even in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. This is that word salvation. He goes on and says, For with the heart man believes to righteousness, with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference. Aren't you glad that God has made it very open for all men, all women? There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all that call upon him. So if you and I want to live an enriched way of life, we're going to have to learn how to believe God's good thought inside of our heart. What he has said. God promised this righteousness. He promised it. Um, thank you, Master. He's, he's long written it down, but our father of the faith, Abraham, this righteousness was accounted to him because he trusted what God told him, that he'd be the father of many nations. And because he simply believed what God said, God made it righteousness to him. And now you and I, when we believe what God said, that Jesus took sin upon himself, that we be made the righteousness of God, that's 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, that that very powerful act, when he went and put that sin to death, 
Hallelujah, He was risen from the dead. You and I rose with Him when we believe that thought, God's Word. Hallelujah. And we say it. We take that thought. And taking that thought causes the change that is needed. Salvation goes into work. And you and I are no more the same. No, all things are created anew at that point. But what if we decide, mm, I don't like to say, you know, I got to, do I really need to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord? I mean, He knows. I just, I prayed to Him. He can hear inside me, you know. Why do I need to confess He's my Lord? And now I'm not, a, you know, you'll have some people that want to argue. Well, what if they can't talk? What if they're mute and they don't say, are they going to hell? Are they? Why spend so much time arguing when you could spend that time choosing and finding what is good before God? The, sometimes I don't understand why people want to waste their time like that. It makes no sense. When you and I choose it God's way, and this is what He's ordained, we can actually go our whole life long and miss salvation. Why? Because we still want our way. I don't want to, you know, believe in my heart and say. I don't want to go around and talk about Jesus is, is Lord, confess that He's a master of my life. I don't want to say that. I don't... You have people, we can go as long as we want missing that, missing out on that simply because we still want our own way. But as soon as we make that determination that we're going to do it God's way because we love Him, our whole life will change. Now go with me, uh, we told you Mark 11. But notice that if we believe in, we heart, in our heart and we say with our mouth, it becomes, it becomes thank you Lord, salvation to us we shall be saved which means that it creates but that thought has to be taken we have to take that thought and that's what we're going to look at in this broadcast here is how do you and i take a thought now here we're going to briefly look at mark 11 22 through 24 and jesus answering said to them have faith in god so over the course of this topic We've been talking about how you and I are to trust God. And we just saw it in Romans 10. So if I refuse to go that way, if I refuse to believe in my heart and I refuse to say that thing, then I am actually being hard towards God. Now, I might think I'm just being, you know, culturally respective. You know, people don't want to hear all that. There's many, you know, I don't want to offend someone. No, actually, it's offensive to God if I'm being hard towards Him and refusing to be open to His way. I don't have to belittle another person or say anything necessarily about their belief. They may not be ready to hear it from me. But I do need to be willing to believe in my heart and say what He gives me to say. And when I do that, I take His thoughts when I can get them before my eyes, when I can hear them, and then I take the time. And, and notice, every time you and I speak a word like that, we hear it. And when we hear it, we put it in a place where it can keep in our heart, and we can maintain that belief. 
This is why you have other people with wrong beliefs and it's hard for them to get out because they keep talking about it. They keep talking about that problem. They keep hearing it. Every time they hear it, an image comes to them and they see it again. And It's always before their eyes. It's always in their ears and they're keeping it inside their heart. They believe they'll be a failure. They believe they won't have enough. They believe they won't know what to say. They believe, they believe, they believe. They have taken those thoughts. Now, it goes on and says, so we're talking about having trust in God. This is what Jesus is saying. He said, you have faith in God. You have trust in God. 23rd verse, for verily or truthfully, I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, you be removed, mountain, be cast into the sea. And they don't doubt in their heart, but shall believe that those things which they say shall come to pass, they shall have whatsoever they say. Now, I've said it that way to make it very open for all of us. He's telling us, you and I, if we will say it, we will have it. If we believe it in our heart and don't doubt, if you and I say will have it that way. I want you to hear that again. It'll even help you to say it. If you and I say, we will have it that way. Thank you, Lord. Now, in continuation, he said, Therefore I say to you, th- I say to you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Hallelujah. Now go with me if you will. We'll continue in this. Thank you, Lord. And let's look at... Let's look at Matthew 9. Matthew 9, verse 20. Not far from where we're at. Thank you, Lord. And there's this principle here. We just talked about taking the thought. And we're going to see that more. I think we've seen it to some degree, but it'll, it'll definitely be more enlightened. But here in Matthew 9, verses 20 to 22, we find a woman being healed. And she was healed, Jesus said, that her faith made her whole. So when, when Jesus said, have faith in God, this is a picture of faith. Her faith made her whole. And it said, Behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. She said where? Within herself. She said within herself, if I just touch his garment, I'll be whole. If I just touch his garment. This was what was going on inside of her. I would think before she left the house, I would think possibly when she heard Jesus was coming through their town, I believe as she was going towards, as she's pressing through the crowd, as she's growing near, and as she's touching, she's saying this within herself. No one else heard her say this. It's not recorded that she said out loud. She yelled it in the midst of the crowd. She didn't. 
but she was saying something the whole time. How many people, like we mentioned a moment ago, are saying, I just can't do that. I'm just not smart enough. I'm just not strong enough. I'm just not. They're not saying it outwardly, so they think there's no problem. But all the while, day after day, they're saying this inside themselves. They're saying this. They're allowing this thought to keep coming and keep revolving. And they don't realize it, but they're saying something. Something's going on inside them. And they are taking this thought. She said something without saying anything externally. Which means, yes, if one is mute, and they're saying within themselves, Jesus is Lord, I am confident I will see them in heaven. I'll give them a big old hug. I hope you would too. She said this within herself. So you and I, we are all the time saying things as well. Maybe not outwardly, and we are, but there's something we're saying inwardly that is very powerful. In fact, let's see how powerful it was with her. But Jesus turned him about, 22nd verse, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. That's how powerful what she was saying was. That even though for 12 years, everything that could have occurred, every doctor that she went to, every best medical advancement could not help, but because she said within herself, she was made whole. Now go with me. Yes, sir. To Mark, the fourth chapter. And we're going to go a couple places. You go to Mark 4, verses 35 through 40. And then we're also going to go to 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. I want you to see this. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. And here in 2 Corinthians 10, we actually see a big part of your and my faith fight. Jesus said, have faith in God, in what we're talking about here, if you and I say. So you and I have a fight of faith. And let's look at part of what this fight is. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. And it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. So you and I need to pull down some strongholds. That woman with the issue of blood, she had some strongholds to pull down before she would leave the house, before she'd press through the crowd. She had to pull some things down. What did she have to pull down? Let's look further. Casting down, fifth verse, imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. She had to pull down some thoughts. She had to pull down some other knowledge. Knowledge that was going against God's thought. God's knowledge. And she had to cast down, bring down some images. The images that showed she'd never leave that bed, that showed there would never be a doctor that could ever help her. The thought that not even Jesus himself could help her. The thought that she was gonna die there, 
miserably without any energy in her body these were thoughts you know they were coming to her images you know she could see this there is an enemy that will put it before us all the time he's he'll it will be so subtle but the thought will be look at this look at what's going to happen to you look look can you see this can you see this and bring this thought he will do this all the time and you and i have to faithfully go nope i am not going to die early i'm going to be satisfied with long life i'm going to see god's salvation nope i will not be without I will have all my needs supplied according to God's riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Nope, I won't just have enough. I will have more than enough of every good thing and I will abound to every good work. Have to take those thoughts, rip them down. And now, let me go ahead and go where you're, you're at there in Mark, Mark 4. Thank you, Lord. Mark 4. We have to resist and refuse the wrong thought. Because if we don't, we will be saying something we don't want to be saying, even if it's within ourselves. And we're it's a if we're wise, we will realize that they are effective, even if not outwardly spoken. That there are things men and women have been saying within themselves that have been creating realities in their lives, whether good or bad. Now here in Mark 4.35, Thank you, Lord. And the same day when the evening was come, he said to them, Jesus said to them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. Now, before we continue in that, what did Jesus tell them in that 35th verse? Jesus said, let us go to the other side. So they have a word right now. They have something they can believe. What can they believe? We're going to the other side. Jesus said, we are to go to the other side. No matter what comes up, no matter what takes place, we have a word from God. We are going to the other side. Right? Now back to that verse we were just at, 37. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship, so it was now full. And he, this speaking of Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Not moved a bit. And they awake him, and they said to him, Master, don't you care that we perish? We're going to die. Don't you care? They're shaking him, waking him. And they're expecting him, I, I believe, to go, oh my, my bad. I do care. 
What can I do, guys? That's what they, why else would you wake him and ask him this? Because you really think it's a good idea and you really think he's missing it. This ain't the time to sleep, master. This is the time to get the buckets and get the water out of this ship. And this is the time to, but they had a word. They had a word. We are going to the other side. And if they would have kept that word, they could have said something else. They could have done something else. And we'll, we'll see that here. Let's continue in the word. And he arose, Jesus arose. He didn't say, you're right, my bad. No, he looked right to that wind. He rebuked it. He said, when you stop. And said to the sea, peace. Be still. Spoke right to it. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Problem solved. How long did that take? Moments. Moments. And he said to them, to the disciples, he said, Why are you so fearful? Why are you so full of fear? And so if they're full of fear, they are being faithless right now. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to be without. This is it. I've never seen any wave like this. I've, I've, been in, I've been in boats all my life, and no way has there ever been a wave that big. And I just wish I saw my baby one more time. No being fearful. You're not being sentimental. You're being full of fear. And Jesus, why would he say this unless they could have been faithful? They could have spoken to that thing just like he did. They didn't have to be full of fear. They could have been full of faith if they trusted the word of God and they kept that word. But what would they have had to do? They would have had to toss aside the images of drowning, the images of that last time they saw their family being it. They'll never see them again. The thoughts, they would have to take those and throw those things down and go back and keep that word that they had from God. We are going to the other side. I'm taking that thought. These other thoughts got to go. I'm, I'm taking that thought. And say it within themselves. Say it out loud. We're going to that other side. And Jesus said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have, Jesus said, how is it you have no faith? You have no faith, he said. It takes no faith to go wake up the master and question him why he does not care or Question him if he does care that you're about to die. Many have done this. Their, their prayer life has been crying, sobbing, thinking already God doesn't care and wanting him to prove himself that he does. This takes absolutely no faith. And if it takes no faith to do that, we can't please God with that. No prayer life can be pleasant to the Father that is insinuating 
that he is no good, that he does not care about us, that he does not love us. It can never be pleasing to him. No, faith won't ask that silly question, God, do you care? It won't ask it. it knows better than that. Trusts in his goodness because knows him. And he said, how is it that you have no faith? I think it surprised them. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Hallelujah. Go with me to Luke, and this will be in closing. Luke 8, 22 may not be 22 but Luke 8 22 through 25 we'll see this same occurrence and uh, we can look at it and you know the gospels they're written about similar occurrences but they're written in a different way you can get a different vantage point from each so here in Luke 8 22 thank you Lord Hallelujah. You no, know, you know what? Go with me to Matthew, the uh, the sixth chapter. Matthew six, and this will be in closing. There's there's nothing. This will this will be exactly what we need to unhook for the time being, and we're going to look at verse number. Let's look at verse 27. Hallelujah. Well, go to verse 25, actually. That'll be a good place. Matthew 6, 25. Now, Jesus here, He said, Therefore I say to you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, the Amplified Classic says, Therefore I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink or about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? The answer is obviously yes. That's why he's talking about it. And he goes on and says, Go back to the next verse. Behold the fowls of the air. So he said, look at the birds. They sow not. They're not out there sowing any seed. Neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? He continues. Which of you by taking thought. That's what we're talking about. Taking the thought. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature. Can you and I make ourselves any taller right now by taking a thought? We can't. Now, let me read this in the Amplified Classic, that verse. And who of you by worrying and being anxious can add one unit of measure to his stature or to the span of his life? And that's a good point. No amount of worrying, no amount of stress, of anxiety, 
fretfulness and yielding to that spirit of fear, no amount of that is going to add to us any days. It will not help us live longer. And that's what it, this fear that comes on, what is it? It's trying to avoid death. So much so. Why? It's, it's a lie that if you and I will just be so anxious and worried and really care about this thing, that somehow, some way, we'll preserve life for the future. Never has someone been more qualified and given more quality help because they were stressed out. Never. Someone that's, you know, supposed to be in an emergency situation, you want them cool, collected. You don't want them scattered, upset. What are we going to do? You don't want that. What you need, someone who can see what they can do, gets after it, and works with what they have, does what they do know, this kind of person can be effective even under the most pressurous of situations. This is us. When we will take the right thought. And that's what we're seeing here. Let's continue. He said, why take you thought for raiment, what you're going to wear? Consider the lilies of the field. Look at the flowers, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed, was not clothed like one of these. Solomon had some good looking clothes. He said, these flowers are clothed better than him. Wherefore, 30, 30th verse, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? And then this is the same thought, O you of little faith. This is what he's talking about, little faith. He asked the disciples back then, how is it that you have no faith? And he spoke when, when he was talking about speaking to that mountain, he said, have faith in God. You and I can live the most powerful way of life when we first learn to hear from God, first put His words as a priority to us, yield to His Spirit, and then say what He would have said. And this is what He's talking about here, about the heart. We can say a bunch of things, but if our heart is so distraught, because I don't know what I'm going to eat today, and i got no clothes to wear. we got no water. This is touching the heart. And if the heart is not steady and grounded, you and I can say anything. doesn't mean it's going to work. There's no power in a word that's not steady upon faith in the love of God. When we love Him, we won't be frantic about not eating, about not having anything good to drink or something to wear. We won't we love, we trust God. So we refuse to be worried. We take that thought of worry and we cast that thing down. We take the thought of God. He loves me. He loves those birds. He makes sure they eat. He loves me. I will eat. He loves those flowers. He makes sure they look good, even better than Solomon in all his glory. So I'll have good clothes. He loves me. I take that thought. Take it. Now that's what we're going to see here. Let's close in this. 
Jesus said in the uh, 31st verse, he just told them, he asked them, and he said, Oh, you of little faith. Now he said, Therefore, take no thought. How? Saying. Take no thought. Saying. Woman with the issue of blood, she said within herself, she took that thought. She said, If I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. She took her healing because she took that thought. Why not you with that vehicle so you can get back and forth to work? Why not you with that house so you're not paying interest or you know paying somebody else to pay off their things? And Yeah, you might pay a little interest, but you'll have your own. You can have something you can sell later. Take that thing. Take that thought. I remember God did that for us. He, I could see it. You could have your own. Oh, it seemed too far for me, but I had enough love for him because of his love for me, and I took that thought. We had our own. Have our own today. Thank you, Jesus. He said, you take no thought saying. Now, this is an anxious word thought. He said, don't you take thought saying, what are we going to eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? He said, don't take that thought now for time's sake. Let's go to verse 33. He had said, God knows what, what need you have before you ask him. Now he said, but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Take that thought and cast that down. Now take another thought. The thought of, God, what may I do for you today? What, what may I do for you? Love people through me. What can I do for another today? I'm seeking first your things, your way. And now if I take that thought, I have to cast the others aside. I can't be mindful of God and His way and still be so worried and full, mindful of all these other things. If I really take those other thoughts and cast them down, I, I have room to take the right thought, God's thought. And I can seek first the kingdom of God, His right way, and then He has the ability and the place. Why? Because there's power in that. When I take His thought and I speak His thing, then He has power to take care of those other things I'm now not worried about. Because fear can't get in the way anymore and now he'll add all those things back to me back to you take therefore no thought he said for the morrow tomorrow the future they shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient to the day is the evil thereof this is a place we'll unhook you and I have this power that God has helped us to take the right thought today we can get it by getting the Word before us. And when we do, I, I can see this. We said it before. If you and I will change our mind by God's Word, we can change our heart, and we can speak something different, and we'll change our life. We'll change our reality. There'll be power in those words when our hearts are right. Hallelujah. We'll unhook here for now. Friends, we're so thankful for you. We love you. We bless you.
and we will see you soon.